could tell you so many stories about declaring that name. Several of you, you can remember a time you might be driving and almost pull into a car or a car almost pull into you and you say, Jesus, and it just somehow goes another direction. But I remember one time I had shared about our family uh, using that name and seeing the power of God revealed. And uh, one was with our daughter. She was in Ecuador and she had stood up to a group of 7,000 teenagers and was speaking to them and um, she felt to pick up a chain that had been left on stage after they had done a drama. And um, when she picked it up, she had that mic in one hand and the chain in the other and she was electrocuted right there in front of them. She fell, or she, she said, all I could think of was Jesus. I just began to say, Jesus, Jesus. And immediately the chain dropped. She, she said, I couldn't, I couldn't release either one before that. And so um, then this young man that later became her husband, anyway, he jumped up to uh, follow through with what was going on and um, give an invitation. And then she jumped back up and she said, you just saw me be electrocuted. She said, you need to know Jesus is real. And, and uh, when I spoke that name, I was able to let go of that chain and and then he healed me in the midst of all this. And so anyway, I was sharing some of the stories about the name of Jesus. And then um, I was at a women's meeting and this woman that was there, she said, she told me later, she said, I need to tell you this. She said, at that meeting, when you shared, she said, I was married to a man that was, um, um, he was crazy. They have a term for it. I can't remember what exactly his was, mental illness. And anyway, she said one day he had, I was in the kitchen and he had, and he pinned me against the wall and was choking me to death. And she said, and I couldn't think of anything except what you had said. Use that name, speak that name. So I just began to say, Jesus, Jesus. And then I went into praying in tongues and she said, uh, I felt to put my hand on his shoulder, and when I did, he started sinking down, and he says, take your hand off of me. You're burning me. You're burning me. And she said, I kept my hand on him. And she said, but I was able to then reach over and get a phone and call for uh, 911, and, and uh, they got there, and she said, it ended up that he and I were divorced. And she said, I've remarried since that time, but she said, I want you to know that it was the name of Jesus that I know delivered my life because she said he was choking me to death. And so um, when we use that name, there is power in that name and we should never take it for granted or take it light, make it a light thing. Um, I know sometimes people just tag the prayer with in the name of Jesus, but they don't really release their faith. They don't really trust in that name. But I believe in that name that every time we pray in that name, that the power of God can be released and the glory of God can be revealed. What is the glory of God? Sometimes people will say, I hear people talk about the glory. We want the glory. I remember I said that one time, I'd heard somebody preaching and I said, oh God, I want the glory. And he says, uh, well, then you're gonna die. And I said, well, I wasn't expecting to hear that, you know, and, and he told me you're gonna die to yourself. And then we went through a test and that was exactly what happened. I remember in that test, um, they were walking through, and this guy had a prophetic word for us at that time, and he said, you're gonna go through a test, and he said, it's, there's somebody on your staff that's gonna be an Absalom, and uh, he said, but you're gonna make it through the test, and at, at the end of that test, you're gonna be stronger, and um, things are gonna be better than before. Well. We, we did walk through that test. I remember in the middle of it one time, I, I went and to my husband and I was crying. I said, it's just not right. It's not fair and it's not right because the person's not being dealt with. <laughs> and so anyway, my husband said, well, what are you teaching right now in Bible college? And I said, I'm teaching on praise and worship. And he said, what are we gonna do? And I said, well, we can praise and worship, but I said, it says in Psalms 3, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me out of his holy hill. And he said, okay, you've cried, now we're going to praise and worship. So he jumped up, and he starts dancing and praising and worship. And so I start to do it out of my tears, you know. He was a real stickler, you know, on we're going to obey what the Word says. And um, 
so anyway, we did see that test uh, turn, and uh, we came out of it, praise God, stronger. But, um, you know, sometimes when you're walking through things, it isn't easy. And you're, you're having to uh, trust that you're hearing the voice of God. And I just encourage you, stay in this word. This word is our, our, um, our authority. It's, our, it's, the, um, it's the truth that's very settled and established. And uh, we don't take it lightly. Uh, I've used that word over and over in so many various circumstances. So I want to encourage you to keep that word. I felt, I felt, I felt a word for someone here this morning. You've been very frustrated uh, with, your, with what's going on around your life and, um, and you have felt overwhelmed. And I had two scriptures come to me this morning of Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace him who, whose mind is stayed on thee, for he trusts in thee. So we're in a time where we're having to trust in the Lord. And um, I mean, we always are, but uh, just feel that real strong. Trust the Lord. He's your defender. He's your one that's going to help you through that, guide you through that circumstance. And then uh, the other scripture was from Matthew uh, eleven twenty-eight, and it says, uh, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You'll find rest for your soul. Your soul is your, your mind, your thinking, and your emotions, and your will. And so... Um, and that part of you never dies. Yeah, I just saw this movie this past week called After Death. Oh my word, if you get a chance to see it, you might want to. It's a Christian uh, film put out by Angel uh, Studios. But in it, it shows how the, the brain of this girl that was being operated on where they had to uh, totally shut down the machines, I mean, shut her functions down where she was no longer, her brain, there was no brain waves. There was no, uh, her heart was stopped. It was so that they could do this surgery. And so anyway, afterwards, she told the doctor that came in her room everything that happened. And he, he said to the other doctors, he said, we saw the machine and it said her brain waves, waves were dead, that, that she wasn't functioning. And so, um, so I thought, well, that just confirms scripture. Luke chapter 16, the rich man and the poor man, where, you know, they're both going into eternity. And one of them, and the rich man went to hell and, and he says, uh, Father Abraham, have Lazarus touch his finger in that gulf of water between us and, and touch my lips. And he said, he can't, we can't cross that gulf. He said, um, well, then go back and tell my brothers and if they see somebody come back from the dead, no, no, they won't believe. Even if they saw somebody come back from the dead, they won't believe the, the, the Torah at that time, the prophets and um, the written word of God. So um, we understand the soul keeps, keeps living with the spirit and goes into eternity either to heaven or hell. But, um, but anyway, there's someone here, you've gone through some things where you've been overwhelmed and the Lord says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Uh, you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. So God wants us to enter into that rest of faith is what that is and trust. And um, so if you are here today and you have felt overwhelmed, would you stand up right where you are? You felt overwhelmed, okay? Something maybe that you're walking through a test or circumstance that seems to have been overwhelming. Okay, yeah, we're gonna wait because there's people that I believe this word is for. There's some men too. So just stand up. Don't, don't you know, the thing is the devil wants to make you feel like um, everybody's watching you and, and what difference does it make? It doesn't make it better. And plus, you're in the family of God right here. But um, just stand up right where you are. I want to pray. And I want believers that are sitting around you, I want them to walk over to wherever you are because I see people around the room. And um, I want them to just touch you. There's something about the power of touch. And if any of you that are going to pray for these, 
If any of you have a word from the Lord, a scripture, you can share it with them, but I want to pray. So Father, I pray as these are praying, I pray for each of these brothers and sisters in the Lord who have felt overwhelmed, something that has been challenging them, And I pray, Lord, you said for us to cast our care on you, for you care for us. So, Lord, we cast all of these things upon you. We thank you right now that you are big enough to take it and to deal with it in your way. So, Father, I pray that if it's regarding other people, I pray for you to speak into those other people. Lord, we pray for you, Lord, to heal what needs to be healed in any relationships. And Lord, set people free from the burden, the heaviness of this thing. And Lord, those who are walking through difficult situations where they're concerned about directions that you've spoken in their lives, I thank you, Father, you've got it. And you're gonna, you're gonna make a way. You're gonna give them the breakthrough they need in the name of Jesus. You're the God of the breakthrough. So we pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We put our trust. We believe, Lord, you supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And Lord, you also will give us people that we need around our lives to help us when we walk through circumstances, that we need your help, that they will have the right encouragement, the right words, they will have the right counsel. We pray this, Father, in the name of Jesus, we release our faith. I pray, Father, let your wisdom flow. The wisdom of God come to each one here. Something that is wisdom beyond themselves. Wisdom, Lord, from the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So um, there's another song that we used to sing. Uh, we prepare the way, we prepare the way, we prepare the way of the Lord. We prepare the way, we prepare the way, we prepare the way of the Lord. Oh Lord, give us new hearts. first and told him that they were going to have a child and um, he said he will prepare the way for the Messiah the Son of God well then uh, he will have the spirit and the power of Elijah the prophet and then uh, later in Luke chapter 1 he says to Mary you're going to have this child and she says well I'm a virgin how how is it going to happen she wasn't she wasn't doubting God. She just wanted to know how it was going to happen. And he said, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and overshadow you, Mary, so that that which is born of you will be the Son of God. Then he told her Elizabeth was going to have a child too, and he's in her old age. And he said, um, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And one day when I was reading that, and I, I knew, I found out that word overshadow, it has the meaning of dominate. When the Holy Spirit comes and overshadows, he dominates, and then nothing is impossible with God. 
that's where we have to say, Holy Spirit, overshadow and dominate in my mind, dominate in this circumstance, dominate because nothing's impossible with you, even though it looks impossible. So praise the Lord. I was so encouraged by that. So I was thinking about First Chronicles 12, 32, uh, the sons of Issachar with were mighty men that came to David. There was a whole bunch of different mighty men that came to David and joined themselves to him. And David was in a cave. He, he had run away from uh, King Saul because Saul was wanting to kill him. And so um, in that cave was where all these mighty men, uh, military guys started coming to him. They said, we, we recognize you're a leader and we wanna, we wanna be a part of your group. And so the sons of Iskar came and they were mighty men who had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. We pray that today, Father, for Israel. We pray for you to bring these mighty men to Netanyahu and to the IDF who know, they understand the times and they know what to do. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You know, um, but in our lives, uh, he, he has people that they, they understand the times and they know what to do. Right now, um, God is positioning people, his people. And there's people that are, there's a lot of changes going on. Um, shifting. There's a lot of transitioning happening. Uh, some people have passed away for that to happen. Others, they're just being moved. And so we've prayed for our city. We've prayed for, we've prayed for our nation. And, um, you know, what we are seeing right now is um, God is dealing with situations. God is, you know, set, I, Psalm 75 says that God is the judge over all. He sets up and he puts down. Anytime somebody is lifted up in a position to serve in government or in education or in uh, economy or arts and entertainment or media or uh, in the church, anytime somebody's moved into that role or that position, then um, God has done that and that he then uh, holds them accountable. And so it says in Psalm 75 verse 10, he will put up the horns of the righteous, set them up, and then he will put down the horns of the wicked. Horns means authority. So we can pray that scripture over our nation. <laughs> we pray it. Lord, put down people that are the wicked, put up people that are the righteous, put them in authority. And so, um, so God wants us to uh, believe with him, to believe that his word is final authority. So God's positioning people and, um, and, and then uh, also, you know, I think about the Speaker of the House recently in Congress, Mike Johnson. Wow. Uh, formerly with Alliance for Defending Freedom. But um, he believes the Bible. He said the Bible is his values and his principles. And so uh, he's a constitutional lawyer. And that's important. I used to not understand that. I used to think, well, why are they saying he's a constitutional lawyer? Okay, you know. But that means that he holds to the Constitution, and our Constitution really is our freedom rights. And uh, that First Amendment is very important because it got violated by our government um, during COVID. And it was amazing how many people just did whatever the government said. But... Um, God is wanting to look after us. He's wanting to help us if we'll just make his word final authority. And so um, so our spiritual battle right now, of course, Ephesians 6, 12 tells us that we're up against principalities. Those are the demonic spirits that are over geographical areas. I remember one time my husband and I were traveling in ministry and we drove into this city. I said, do you feel that? It's like this, this intellectual uh, pride spirit. And there was a university there. And he said, yeah, I do. And so we prayed because we were going to minister there. And um, 
then I can tell you there's been times that we've gone into places where you could feel uh, the spirit of strife or you could feel the spirit of, of um, witchcraft, occult. And, and God says, I've given you authority that whatever you bind on this earth is bound in the heavens and whatever you loose on earth is loose in the heavens. And he wasn't in Matthew chapter 16 when he said that and he said, I've given you keys. He was not saying the third heaven. There's three heavens. There's the third heaven where God is. The second heaven is where the demons and the angels are moving around our earth. And then the, the, the first heaven would be where we see a, airplanes fly and birds fly. But um, in that second heaven, when we pray, our prayers are going up and they're going through that atmosphere. One time years ago, uh, a couple were interviewing on television a astronaut and they said, did you, did you all feel anything when you left Earth's atmosphere? He said, oh yeah, our minds were cleared. He said, in fact, we would think of something and it, we'd, it, we would know it before it happened. And, um, and so when he said that, I thought, oh my word, you know, there is this realm above the earth where a battle is going on. Daniel, when he prayed in Daniel 10, Bible says that the angel came to him and said, we heard you the first day you prayed. We've come for your words. But I've been in a battle with the prince of Persia. Persia today is Iran. Interesting, huh? And so uh, that prince, that geographical demonic spirit over that area uh, that he said, I've got to, you know, I had to call on Michael, the chief angel to come and fight and get me through with the answer to you. He said, but I got to go back through it. And I've also got to go through uh, the, where there's the, the prince of Greece. So there's, uh, people don't realize this, but there's demonic spirits that want to overshadow and manipulate people on the earth in geographical areas. So we have to use our authority as Christians and bind in the name of Jesus, bind these demon spirits and uh, loose the way. And so, um, so then um, the scripture says, uh, principalities, that's the ones that are in over geographical areas. And then there's powers, they get their directions from the principalities. And it would be much like uh, Iran uh, and their um, terrorist organizations that are connected to them that they're supplying. And then, um, then it says, rulers of darkness of this present age. And I was reading that one day and the Lord said, that's the cultural demons. That's LGBTQ, that's CRT. That's those spirits that are promoting and pushing that and trying to make people think, oh yes, this must be right. No, it's not, it's wrong. It's divisive, it's wrong. And so then the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places are those demons that try to get people to individually, get individuals to compromise, you know. Oh, it won't hurt if you have that sexual relationship outside of your marriage. Nobody's going to know. Or it won't hurt if you take that drink just to be a part of the group. Or it won't, it won't hurt if you do those drugs right now because, you know, you want to be accepted. No. These are demon spirits. They're lying devils. And so we have to recognize them when they come around and then say, I'm not accepting that. The Bible says, give the devil no place, Ephesians 4, 27. So that means don't give him an opening. So, um, so we choose this. We make choices regularly. So we have to know ourselves. We have to know our enemy. We have to know our commander and his voice and then obey it. And then we have to fight the fight of faith. Second um, Timothy 4, 7, uh, Paul wrote, he said, I have fought a good fight of faith. I've finished my course. Therefore, it's laid up for me a crown of righteousness that I'm going to. And so um, when we, when, you know, I know my husband knew as he was passing, he didn't want me to, I was praying. And so he didn't say anything to me, but, um, I knew he was, cause he, he did, he was at times he would say, pray for me. Um, 
I'm being attacked. I, I'm in a, I, I'm, there's missiles coming at me from all directions. And so, you know, we recognize that um, our life on earth is a life of faith. And our faith is the victory to overcome in the world that we live in, believing what God has said. So uh, Paul said, I've kept the faith and a crown is laid up for me. And then we have to recognize that we're in the times of end time harvest, that God wants us to win people to him and to disciple people. You know, uh, promise keepers used to have a saying, you need a, a Paul, a Timothy, and a, a Barnabas and a Timothy. And so Paul being someone speaking into your life, Barnabas being a friend that can confront you and, 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 and you won't just do anything you think. Uh, and then... And they can help you see your blind spots. And then a Timothy is somebody then that you're discipling, uh, that you're helping along the way. But then uh, I think in the midst of the harvest, we've got we've to understand what's going on right now that the news media is not covering. They just cover negative. But um, I get conservative news, and I'm amazed. Were we able to get those up? No? Okay. Um, I'm amazed... When you look up, if you'll look up worship on the streets, you'll be able to pull up these videos. Sean Foyd is one of them. Um, he roomed with my son Paul in ORU. And anyway, Sean was always kind of out there, you know, as a worship leader. But we had him at our church way back and then had him since then. But he, um, he started hearing this stirring in him. See, as God is positioning people, he's going to stir you on the inside. That's how he speaks, these little stirring promptings. And so uh, Sean felt prompted to, to go out in the street where Seattle had all, had all these riots and to, lead, to do some worship. They went out in the street, and, of course, people started tearing up their uh, sound systems and all of that and instruments. But he had his guitar, and he just kept worshiping God. And so uh, he didn't let them shut it down. Well, then from there, he, he re, recouped and he went to other cities. And uh, another guy is Ryan Horton. And Ryan Horton felt like God told him to take worship to the street. So then he went to New York Subway and to the streets of New York. And, and Sean went to the streets of New York as well, Times Square. And they've had worship gatherings of people coming. And it's just been spectacular. But then... Um, there were, um, one of them went out to Australia and had a gathering, and then people were getting baptized out in the ocean. And then there was, then there was uh, a gathering in uh, California where they, uh, they were, had a crowd of people come around. And the thing is, is that like one of these guys that walked by mocked them. Another guy that walked by, because somebody was videotaping it, um, another guy walked by and he started trying to just copy what they were saying. So, you know, you're going to have all kinds of, of people that come along, but then they had others that they were really desperate. They needed to be saved. They needed, they needed to be set free. They needed to be healed. And so um, they were reaching these people. And I was reminded of years ago in um, 1989, my husband really felt like we were supposed to go to the low-income apartment housing area of our city. And we found out there was like about 30 uh, including the, the um, nursing homes at the very end. We went to them, the low-income ones. And so when we went there, Friday night was the time that the drug dealer would come. He'd come knocking on people's doors. Well, we went on a Friday night and a Saturday, and we took like about 100 people from the church, and we went out and knocked on doors and got them to come in to where there was a tent, and, and then the children where there was a meeting for the kids, and the kids would always outnumber the adults. I mean, we would have 12, they'd have 130. And so, um, so anyway, but we would, you know, my husband would say, point the speakers out and just start singing. So I'd start to sing and, and then people would gradually, we'd tell our people now, stay with them, come in with them, sit down with them. If they get up, go out with them. And, um, and so this went on for like seven years, every month. Well, during that time, my husband felt we were to go to Russia once a month. People said, you don't do that. They said, 
uh, you'll wear yourself down. You cannot go to Russia once a month. My husband heard the Lord say, saw, uh, Isaiah 52, verses 5 through 7, and uh, Acts chapter um, Acts chapter, uh, I think it's 18, 9, uh, no, let's see, 19, 8. But it's where Paul heard the Lord say, um, I want you to go to this city and be there for 18 months. And he said, um, I have people here, but uh, no one will hurt you. And then the other one in Isaiah was, um, my people have been made to howl and, and groan. My, my name has been blasphemed continually, uh, but, but they will know me. And how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of them that publish good news, announcing our God reigns. And so, so we went on those two scriptures. But the three weeks before we were to go, our house burned down in the middle of the night. And so um, we, we got up and got out, praise the Lord, and all four kids, fire trucks came with body bags singing that we were all going to be dead, but we weren't, and they were all shocked. But, um, but anyway, three weeks after that fire, we went on to Russia, and we went 18 months. My husband went all 18 months. I went like um, 14 of that 18, and we took our kids with us to, for them to experience it too, one, one at a time. And, uh, you know, you, you make points when you fly. So you can use your points for another ticket. So anyway, we did that. And um, we saw masses of people get saved. I mean, they came at that time. Russia had, uh, the former Soviet Union had 12 time zones. And they came from all 12 time zones. And they'd come by train. And, and I don't know where they stayed when they got to St. Petersburg, but they would come. And it would, be, uh, it would be amazing. And we would see uh, there was only about three or four churches at that time in the city. They couldn't handle all the harvest. And so, um, so anyway, somebody said, well, what happened to all those people after, you know, you'd had that meeting and, and they got saved? Don't you think that that's important? Yeah, but I also think it's important that because some people will shove that aside and say, well, I'm just not going to do that because they need to be discipled. Well, what about the fact that they had an opportunity to hear the gospel and an opportunity to make a decision? So both are needed. We need discipleship. Sometimes you're in settings where you can't get that. Uh, But we need to get people saved. We need to get people uh, awakened to truth. And so so we would go and uh, during that time... I remember my husband on the stage one time, the Lord spoke to him and said, you would not get to see all these thousands of people running to get saved had you not been willing to go to the 12 people in the tent in the city. Yeah, yeah. I want to affirm this church because I found out y'all are going with worship to the street. You're going in front of a, a store, is that right? You're going to the square. Praise God. I believe, you know, sometimes people think, well, I don't know if that does any good or not. It does. The reason is, is because just like the riots and and the rallies that they've gotten people stirred up in a, a negative way, that's a spirit realm. And so when we praise and worship, we are affecting the spiritual realm, the environment, the atmosphere. We're pushing backwards of darkness. And we're allowing for the tabernacle of David to be restored because God said, I want it to be restored among men, including Gentiles, not just Jews. He said, I want this, this, what's the tabernacle of David? Well, David, when he made this tent, it had no furniture in it except for the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant carried the presence of God. And so... um, so Moses' tabernacle was a mobile tent. It had pieces, though, in it, and each piece stood for something. But, um, and it had a veil, uh, the veil of the temple. Uh, but then when, that, when they settled down, then Solomon built this elaborate temple, and it was just beautiful, jewels, gold, silver, uh, fine linen. Anyway, 
But then that was destroyed by the Babylonians. And so then um, when they finally rebuilt a temple, it was Zerubbabel. And if you read Haggai chapter 2, you'll find that there were some people of the older generation, they said, oh, it's nothing compared to Solomon's. I find even right now, there's Christians who, like with me, they've experienced some things from the past. They've seen the power of God heal and deliver lives. And it's hard for them to let go of that. And they can't believe that God could do something right now with this generation. My husband saw this too. And right before he passed, he preached a sermon from Ezekiel um, 37 where it says, can these dry bones live? Well, we know God was speaking about Israel, but he's also, my husband said, he's speaking also about this generation. Too many people have already turned this generation to the side and said, oh, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to carry the glory of God. Every generation carries the glory of God differently. And so uh, the main thing is, is that we're connected with the source, with him, and he will lead us and guide us. Okay, so, um, so as, as we're seeing this awakening happening all over the world, people are being awakened. People are being awakened to get saved. People are get, being awakened to get right with God. People are get, get being awakened right now uh, to get in some direction or p- p- position that God wants them in. Uh, there's some that are going to be involved in government positions. Some are going to be involved in church positions. Some are, some are going to be involved in schools. Right now, Riley Gaines, who experienced a horrible thing as a swimmer, she graduated and she said, I was thinking, well, I'm finally behind, that's finally behind me. I don't have to deal with LGBTQ people anymore, transgenders anymore. And her last competition, she was up against a, a man that had uh, become a woman. And, um, and she said, it was, it was horrible. We were having to dress in the dressing room with this person as they watched us. And she said, but she said, after that competition, she said, we tied. But the, the people gave the award to the man that had become the woman because they said, this is for media. Right. She said, but we tied in our, our race. So um, she said, I decided after I graduated, I thought, well, I want to go on to dental, dental school and, and then just, you know, because she'd gotten married and she said, and just be a happy wife and, uh, you know, be in dentistry. And she said, and the Lord, Lord would not let me. He said, no, you, you're a voice. So she said, I went back into that realm and now I'm a voice. And she said, I've had so many attacks. I've had so much um, that has come against my life. But she said, it's worth it because I'm obeying that voice inside of me. So we're, we're in a time where God is moving by his spirit and he's moving people in position and he's going to use people in various capacities. We've just got to be willing to see it and to allow God to do it, to do it through us, to do it through people that we know and to not uh, get into question and mockery or criticisms. And so we're, we're seeing the spirit of the Lord move. He said, as truly as I live, Habakkuk 2, 14, all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, like the waters cover the sea. Well, we know the waters covers the sea in a vast way. But he said, it's going to happen. The glory of the Lord, the knowledge of that glory is going to be revealed. Well, I know I said earlier, what is the glory of the Lord? The glory of the Lord is the revealed presence of God. The revealed presence of God. When God comes in such a miracle moment and he does something so spectacular, you cannot deny that God had to have done it. You didn't have anything to do with it. You were just there. So we're in a time that God is showing himself strong. We're going to see it more and more in the days ahead. And there's going to be some people that are going to, uh, they're not going to make it because they're, they're, they reject God. But there's going to be people that are going to see it and they're going to be a part of it. And that's all of us. That's what God wants us to be. 
that we pray and we say, God, help me hear your voice and to obey you because normally he will ask you to do something that's beyond your ability. I mean, usually, you know, you, you train, you educate yourself, you do things to, to, uh, to do something that you just feel is a good thing. And then, and then God tells you to do something that you don't have any ability in. And you're going, uh, I, don't, I don't understand this. This is not what I, I don't think I'm called to do. No, you do whatever that voice says because that voice is the most important thing. That voice on the inside of you. So I want us to stand because we're coming to a close. And Steve, you can come on up. Um, In this time, I want you to just look within your heart, in your life, and just allow God to speak to you. Maybe there's something that he wants to do differently. Sometimes it's hard for people to change. Um, Sometimes it's hard for people to change because they don't know what they'll what it'll end up looking like. It's kind of out there. So, um, and then sometimes it, it's gonna, it requires people to trust. I mean, they don't know how the provision's going to come if they obey God. But we're going to pray that God will help us to, in faith, obey him as he speaks. So, Father, I pray that right now. Everyone here, Lord, that as they hear your voice, as I hear your promptings, your pull, I pray that they would not shove it aside. You said, Lord, in Hebrews 3, 7, today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart like the children of Israel did in the day of provocation in the wilderness. Lord, where they, they didn't want to hear your voice themselves. They wanted Moses to hear God for them. And you said, Lord, that they, they missed the promised land. They missed what you had planned for them because of doubt and unbelief. Oh, Father, I pray today that we would not doubt that you can do something beyond our minds. Lord, that we would would believe. I pray this and I pray, Father, for each one. Things you're telling them to do right now. It may not be... uh, like Riley Gaines, it may not be something that's going to be like a, a Red Sea dividing, but it, it's something that is a direction you're speaking to them right now. They've been prompted. They know you're talking to them to believe. It could be that it's a it's a going to a certain school or college, or it could be that it's to change jobs. It could be to do something that is beyond what they've even imagined, and I pray, Lord, right now that you would give them the spirit of faith and trust that you're going to take them and you're going to carry them. You're going to work in a supernatural way to reveal your glory, that we would not be satisfied to stay where we are in that natural known realm, but, Father, that we would, we would move with the glory of God, whatever you say, that we would do it. Oh, Father, I pray for each one here. In Jesus' name. He could be speaking to some of you to be a chaplain to something uh, or or to be a voice into a, a setting that you know about. He spoke to Michelle Bachman that she should be a voice in the UN, a chaplain. She does it voluntarily not paid Um, I met with a couple this week they're from Texas now but we supported them as missionaries in Bolivia and and back then he he was over at Bible school and he got his students to go into the public schools to uh, be chaplains and the government got behind it after a while because they saw it was helping they moved back here and then they noticed our school systems were so going down so that they went to the governor of Texas. The governor and the attorney general of Texas met with them, heard the vision of getting chaplains in the public schools. It's now been a legislation. It's now a place where Texas has said, we will have chaplains in every public school. And um, 
and they, they have to have 2,000 hours prior to this of uh, Bible school serving in some capacity, which isn't a whole lot. And they're recommending our Bible college right now for them to come to. But, but uh, they just need two years before uh, stepping into that role. But Oklahoma, our, our governor, he's in, he's in favor of it. And our superintendent's in favor of having it in our state. There's states right now that are contemplating this. And, and you know, there's people that say, well, what about this and what about that? Well, what about it? When God speaks, we need to go with God. And then uh, we're in a time where God is speaking to people right now. Uh, this couple said that they've had favor. They've been watching God bring breakthroughs in various ways. But they didn't know. The guy had been a pirate at one time. Yeah, he had been a pirate. And he ended up in jail in Mexico, was going to be executed. And our military pulled him out and said, we need you because you know the area. So he got delivered out of jail. He served with them going into some areas that, you know, were difficult area, dangerous areas, the drug people. And so, um, so he got delivered out of that. He married this lady that she was a nurse from Norway down in one of the Hispanic countries. And, um, they've been in missions ever since. See, God can take people from various backgrounds. He can put people together and, and you don't have to feel like you're all by yourself. He will, he'll make a way with other people too. So father, I pray Inspire us, Father, to move beyond where we are, to pray beyond where we are. Lord, to believe that you're going to work in this hour of this awakening in this earth. Oh, Father, we thank you today for your presence. Now, if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Sharon, I, I feel like I'm, I've, I'm having to surrender today. If that's you, I want you to just uh, lift your hand right where you are with everybody not looking around. But lift your hand right where you are. That's me. I'm, I'm surrendering. And it's not just surrendering to Jesus to be saved, but surrendering to him to do what he wants. So if that's you, just lift your hand. Okay. All right. There may be some of you here today and you're, you recognize, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I realize that my life has been crippled because I don't have that power. If that's you, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, lift your hand. Okay? All right. I want us to pray this prayer out loud, if you would, with me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I know I do not belong to myself. I belong to you. Have your way in my life. Forgive me of sin. Forgive me for the times I've shoved aside your voice. Today I choose to listen to you. To follow through with your voice. Help me to be willing and obedient. In this day of your power. I love you, Jesus. I expect miracles. Use my life, Lord, with the gifts of your spirit. And it's in your name I pray, Lord. I believe. Amen. Now, you need to be open to the... If, you, if you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because obviously there was only one person that felt like they needed it. But if you got it, you need to use it. Yeah. I hope that you're listening to me right now, that you not just be, it not just be some kind of a doctrine that you believe or a theology you believe, but it's something that you use. That's what God wants us to do with our salvation, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, anything God gives to us. Praise God. Okay. Well, pastors, Phil... Thank you. Glory to God. We are so thankful for you. Now, can we give Jesus a hand? Let's just thank him. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. You know, growing up at Victory I, and growing up there and, and I was there, I went to those outreaches. Yeah. That was how I, we learned to do outreach was, you know, I remember going to those, putting my, taking, we do it now and we took my wallet out of, out of my car and stick my license in my pocket and <laughs> drive down to the north side, you know, or the, you know, or, and, uh, and we would play drums and I remember we'd have 12 people, but God, God started doing things. Yeah. And you, you said a powerful word yesterday to me when we were eating. And, and you said that you found the key was consistency. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, a drop of water, as, as less uh, powerful as that may sound, if a w- drop of water hits a rock over and over and over and over, over time, it breaks the rock. Wow. Consistency is so important. You know, and people watch. Because we would have people say to us sometimes, well, I know that y'all will be here to pick us up. But the other people didn't show. They don't always show. So being consistent, wow, it's powerful. Maybe you're here and you've been consistent, but you've been growing weary in doing good. You've been growing weary and letting that hit the rock over and over. Maybe you've been consistent in your walk. You've been trying to be consistent, but then you get tired. You get exhausted. If that's you, I want to and I want to encourage you this morning. Because honestly, I came in here this morning the same way. You know, I, you deal with it at every level. You never come to a place where you don't deal with, with the temptation to not be consistent in things. And so I close your eyes. I want to pray for you. I feel led to pray over this. Father, I pray over every person here. Lord, that they, they might be seconds away from that breakthrough, from that thing happening in their life. Lord, we choose to be consistent, to walk out and walk through inconsistency. We won't allow the enemy to push us back. We will push through and go after it and not give up. God, thank you that you've put a winning spirit in every person in this room. Thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Yeah, you've got something. you got more. Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't quit. If you don't faint, one person says, but if you don't quit, you're going to see the results of your obedience and your labor. Yes, yes, ma'am. Glory to God. I also want to honor Ginger, who came with Pastor Sharon. This is a good friend of ours. And we have known, I, I still remember, I still use things that you've said <laughs> uh, in my life, you know, and to me. And, uh, and her, uh, she has been so faithful at Victory for all these years. And I also want to honor Steve Hawthorne. Great friend of mine. We played, we played in bands together, and we've gone a long way. Um, I, I grew up with his cousin, Tony, and we have just, it's just so fun to see all these friendly faces in here.